Hey, I want to ask you a question. I want to talk to you about the difference between risk takers and caretakers today. Risk takers versus caretakers. Now, just in our lives, uh, it's usually about half and half. How many of you would feel like you're more of a risk taker than a caretaker? You know, just you're, you're more, more risky than careful. Risk takers? Okay, put your hands down. How many of you are a little more careful? I'm more of a caretaker. Yeah, about half and half. It's like that in each service. And that, that's fine in our day-to-day life. And it's probably fine for us to have a good balance of risk-taking versus caretaking, being careful versus being risky in our day-to-day life. But when it comes to following Jesus Christ, Jesus is looking for risk-takers. I'm not saying that your personality is wrong if you're a caretaker. I'm just saying that when it comes to following Christ, you've got to lean in more as a risk-taker because God is looking for risk takers. Somebody said one of the reasons why mature people stop growing and learning is because they become less and less willing to risk failure. And we recognize that. We're taught that early on when you're taught about financial investment or early on you can invest in more risky investments because if something fails, you have time on your hands to be able to rebound from the loss. But as you get older, you're you're coached and encouraged not to take those kind of risks because you don't have the time to recover. So we know that the older we get, the less risk that we take. I, I recognize this with Starlin. I, I'm, I'm a kind of a risky guy. I've done a lot of crazy things uh, from riding bulls to jumping out of planes to, you know, you, you name it, I probably tried it. But uh, the older I get, it's not that I'm less risky. It's just I'll take different risk. <laughs> I have to weigh the, the, the options there. I, I got to weigh the, the, the consequences. How much time is it going to take for me to recover from this risky adventure? Uh, Am I willing to do that? But uh, in order to grow, in order to thrive, and in order to ultimately succeed, you've got to be willing to take some risks. Let's read the scripture in Matthew chapter 14. It'll be on the screen. Open up your Bibles or your phones or the Freedom Church app and the notes are there. Matthew 14, verse 22, it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night he was there alone, and the boat was already considerable distance from the land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. This is that iconic moment when Jesus is walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come, come. I don't know if it was a come or if it was a come. I don't know, but it was a get out of that boat and start moving towards me. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, healed a little faith. He said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Now we see the picture of the risk takers versus the caretakers. Peter was the risk taker willing to get out of the boat and start walking towards Jesus. And that's what we are being challenged to do. The other disciples held on to safety in the boat. They stayed in the boat. And I'm not disparaging them. I, I recognize that 
there was a measure of faith for the disciples to even stay in the boat. But I want to draw another comparison to another scripture, another uh, parable in Matthew chapter 25. Most of us know the story of the talents, the parable of the talents, where a master is getting ready to leave on an extended trip. And so he leaves all of his belongings and trusts them to three different servants. To one, he gives five talents. To another, he gives two talents. And to another, he gives one talent. Now, the talent was not a gift and ability like we have a talent to sing or a talent to play an instrument. A talent was a large sum of money. And some have said that a talent in today's economy would represent nearly a million dollars. So with that in mind, here's the master leaving on an extended trip and he gives one of his servants $5 million. He gives another one $2 million and gives another one a million dollars. When he's gone on the trip, the one that has $5 million, he takes his money and he invests it. He takes some risk and he doubles it. By the time the master gets back, he's doubled it and he gives back 10 talents, $10 million. Not bad. The one that had two took his two million, doubled that, made some risky investments. I don't know exactly what the investments were, but he invested the money, gained two million more, presented the four million to the master. And both of the, the servants that had the five and the two talents that doubled theirs and gave them to the master. The master praised them, right? He praised them. But the one who had only given, been given one million talents or one talent, he didn't do anything with his. He was afraid. So he just held on to it. And when the master came back, he said, I didn't do anything with it, but I've got your capital. Here it is. I haven't lost it. I haven't gained anything. It's exactly the way you gave it to me. And he was rebuked, right? So what does this show us? It shows us that the value was not in just the gain. The value wasn't in just not losing. The value was in, are you willing to take a risk? Because I bet the servant that had the five talents, the servant had the two talents. I bet during the time that the master was away, that they probably gained a little bit and then they probably lost a little bit. They're probably, sometimes the guy that had five talents, it probably dipped a little bit. Let's say he had $5 million. He invested his $5 million. I bet it dropped down to $4 million. and then maybe $4.5 million. Then it got up to $5.5 million, and he was excited. And whew, thank the Lord. And then it dropped back down. Maybe it was up and down. If it's anything like stock market today, then things are up, things are down. Things are up, things are down, right? We just hope and pray that it's up by the time you need it. So this master praises the two that took the risk and rebukes the one that was not willing to take a risk. And so I just want to challenge you today that I believe that we're at a place in our lives, a place in our church, a place in our country where God is looking for us to be willing to take some risk. I believe that Jesus is speaking to us the same way he did to Peter. He's just opened the door for us to step into a greater life, greater than we could ever imagine. Just like he gave Peter an opportunity to step into a greater anointing, to step into a greater realm of faith. He's calling us to do the same thing. And we need to understand that life comes with risk. Following Jesus comes with risk. Every time you get in your car and drive on the freeway, it takes a risk. Every time you get on a plane, it comes with a risk. Every time that you allow 
yourself to be sedated and put under for surgery, there that comes with a risk. Every time you deposit money in a bank, it comes with a risk. Every time you go to get your hair done, it takes a risk. It's not going to turn out green or some of you may have been going for that. I don't know. Uh, you, every time you take a drug with 37 side effects, you're taking a risk. Life with Jesus comes with a risk. In the day that Jesus was alive, he was hated by the religious system. And so to be on team Jesus meant you were taking a risk because they were going to hate you as well. And I believe before this message is over, somebody's going to hear the words of Jesus saying, come, come, step out of the boat, take a risk, and you're going to have to answer the question, is it worth the risk? Is it worth the risk? Because I don't think Jesus has changed. I think he's still calling us to come a little closer. And what he's saying is, when he says come, he's saying you can do it. He's saying it's your turn. You can, you've got what it takes. Just get out of the boat and come a little closer. And every once in a while, we're going to have that opportunity and we better take advantage of it. So my question for you today is, are you ready for the risk? Because I don't think anything that has any meaningful value in our life comes without risk. What does risk mean? Risk means that there's the possibility of something unpleasant or unwelcome in our lives. Risk means that there's the exposure to danger. Risk means that there's a possibility of loss. Risk means that, you know, there might be an outcome that's different than what you expected or what you desired. Now, you and I will probably never have to get out of a boat and actually walk on water. I'm not, I'm not challenging anybody. Go home and try this out in the pool in your backyard or let's all meet at Lake Louisville today and see who can walk on water. I don't think we're ever going to be called to walk on water, but we will be put in a position where we have to make a decision between taking a risk or playing it safe when it comes to following Jesus Christ. And we're going to have to make a decision either like Peter did or like the other disciples. We're either going to hold on to the word or we're going to hold on to the boat. You got a choice. You got to hold on to the word, hold on to the boat. Now, I don't want to appear that I'm, I'm down on the disciples who held on to the boat because it took a measure of faith for them just to hold on to get through the storm, to get to the other side. And they all made it to the other side because every one of us have been in storms at times, right? We've been through some tough times and sometimes it takes all the faith you've got just to hang on. Cameron, you know what I'm talking about? Stephanie, you know what I'm talking about? Just to hang on. I mean, just to keep from saying, I quit, I'm out, I'm done. It takes faith. I get it. But come on, that cannot be the way we live our lives every day, all day for the rest of our lives. At some point, you got to be willing to get out of the boat and you got to be able to take a step of faith and you got to hold on to a word, even if it seems risky, even if it seems like it doesn't make any sense, even if it seems like it's just crazy, because I'm not going to criticize these disciples. They, they held on. They got to the other side, but the disciples had one testimony and Peter had a different testimony. And if I'm just speaking from personal experience here, the, the disciples that held on, they had a survival testimony. We survived the storm and that's okay. That's okay for some storms in our life, for some times in our life, but I don't want that to be the end of my life. I just survived. I just made it. 
I barely got across the finish line. No, 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 I want to win and I want to be standing when I cross the finish line with hands up in the air declaring victory. I want a victorious testimony. I want to be able to say, I fought the Goliath and I killed him. I want to say, I fought the, 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 the disease that tried to take me out and I beat it. I want to say that I destroyed poverty and lack in my life and, and I'm blessed. I want to say that I overcame fear and anxiety, not that I just survived and I barely made it through. I mean, come on, how many of you, if you really want to make an impact on somebody's life, you want to be the one who says, hey, I barely made it and you can too. Or, hey, we won. We're victorious. You want to join the winning team? There's a big difference. There's a big difference. And sometimes all you need is just one word from Jesus. Just one word. It's all Peter had. One word. Come. Come. It was a can-do word. We're, our world is filled with a thousand negative voices, a thousand can't do. You can't do it because you're not old enough or you're not young enough or you're not wealthy enough or you're not the right color or you're not the right gender. And I'm just talking about men and women. Uh, you, you, you can't do it because you're, you're the, from the wrong side of town or you're not educated enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough experience. We got plenty of can't do words that are out there and voices. All you need is one can do. And I can always go to the word of God that tells me I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things. I need a can do word. And Jesus spoke to Peter and said, come. What he was saying is you can do it. He's saying you've got what it takes. He's saying, take the risk. I'm here to catch you if you fall. In fact, Mark 9, 23 says, if you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. If you believe, if you'll just have that can do word inside of your spirit, then you can do anything that God calls you to do. See, everyone in that boat had the same opportunity. And Jesus was just opening up an avenue for every one of them to step into a new realm of faith. The boat was the same. The storm was the same. The word was the same. Jesus was the same. The responses were different. Peter said, I can do. He saw something in Jesus. He said, if Jesus can do it, I can do it. If Jesus said I can do it, then I, I, I believe I can do it. The other disciples, well, let's just hold on. Hold on there for a minute. Let's just make sure we get to the other side. You see, that one step that Peter took drew a line between risk takers and caretakers. That one step drew the line between doers and watchers. And somebody here today said, well, yeah, but, but Peter, he, he fell. Remember, he sunk. He sunk. He got wet. Now, I'm afraid I'll get wet. I'm afraid I'll get soaked. I'm afraid I'll get drenched if I take that step. You know what? You might get drenched, but I've made my mind up. I'd rather be drenched walking on water, even if just for a moment, then dried up sitting in the boat, wishing I would have done something. There's a big difference. And I want to take that risk. I'm willing to take that risk. And somebody right now, listen, somebody here today, you're uncomfortable. You're irritable. You're just on the edge. Life is just frustrating. You're not happy at work. You're not happy in your family. You're not happy at church. You're not happy with me. You're not happy with the worship team. You're not happy with the ministries. You're not happy. And I'm going to tell you something. You've been blaming it on me. You've been blaming it on the worship team. You've been blaming it on ministries. You can blame it on your job. You can blame it on your spouse. You know what your frustration is? Is that you've heard the higher call of God saying, come, come, get out of the boat. And you're frustrated 
frustrated because you're still stuck in the boat and you're trying to blame it on everybody else. And the problem is God's problem. He's the one who called you. And now you have a problem because you have a, a, a choice to make. Is it worth the risk? Because you can change churches, you can change jobs, you can change families. You're still going to be frustrated because there's a call that says, come on out of the safe zone and step into the faith zone. There's a call that says, come up a little higher. There's a call that says, do something a little bit different. And you could talk about the Peter that sunk and Jesus had to pull him out, but he still walked on water for a little while. And he still cast out devils. He still raised the dead. He still preached on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people got saved. I think I'm going to go with Peter. I think I'm going to learn Peter's lesson. See, at some point, you got to make a choice. Are you going to live by what man created? Jobs, position, reputation. You can live by what man created. Go to the next slide, please. Are you going to live by what created man? What created man? A word. A word. Hebrews 11.3 says, we understand that through faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. One word made everything existent. Everything that we see, it came from the invisible by the spoken word of God. And if he speaks a word, you're going to live by that word or are you going to live by what man has created? I think I'm going to go with the word because the word works every single time. Worship team, if you come back, somebody's going to hear the voice of Jesus saying, come. And you're going to feel your knuckles getting white as you grip onto the edge of the boat. You say, but I'm, I'm dry here. I'm safe here. I'm alive here. Jesus will never call you anywhere that he's not willing to catch you and pull you up. He'll never ask you to do something that he can't provide everything you need in order for you to succeed. One word from Jesus saved Peter's lives and probably everyone on that boat. So maybe Jesus is calling you to the mission field. Maybe Jesus is calling you into the ministry. Maybe Jesus is calling you to start that business. Maybe Jesus is calling you to be able to build that church or write that book or go back to school and get your degree or to be able to launch that ministry. Or maybe he's calling you to give it all away. You're grabbing onto the boat. Is that the way you want to live the rest of your life? Holding on to the edge of the boat, just hoping that you get across, hoping that the wind will die down? Are you willing to step out and trust that the one who's calling you will also catch you if you begin to fall? Jesus, I mean, Peter didn't sink down because Jesus was there and neither will you. He's got your back. Risk taker, caretaker. Now you may be asking yourself a question. What if I pass this moment by, Pastor, what if, what, if I, what if I just think about it? Because here's the way I think a lot of us handle challenges like this at church. Some of you perceive me as just a salesman trying to sell you something. And we've been a kind of condition. I'll think about it a while and I'll get back with you. And I'm going to go compare what you're offering me to what somebody else is going to offer me over here. And I'm going to figure out which one I like best. Can I get a better deal down the street? You probably can. You can probably find a, an opportunity that'll cost you less. There's probably another opportunity 
that won't require any risk at all. And you can do that if you want to stay in a stale Christianity and a bored Christian lifestyle. But if you want to step into something that Jesus is calling you to that's greater. See, because what happened with Peter, listen, when Peter responded to that word, he stepped into the same realm of anointing that Jesus was operating in. Jesus was walking on the water. And so did Peter. Peter partnered with Jesus in that same anointing. And some of you say, I'm fine right here with no anointing, or I'm fine right here with the little anointing. I don't know. I want more. I'm hungry for more. I desire more. So it's going to require a greater risk. Yeah, I may slip and fall. I may not get it all right. I may, I may plunge a few times, but Jesus said, I'll pull you back up. I'll dry you off and I'll get you going again. It's kind of like riding that bike. I may fall down a few times, but thank God my dad was there to pick me up, put me on the bike and get me going again. And I feel like that's where we are today. And some of you, you're thinking, well, what, what am I, what do I stand to lose if I miss this moment or pass this by or decide to wait till next week? You may never get this opportunity again. You know why? Because conviction doesn't happen the same way every time. God's opportunities don't always come in the same way because the Holy Spirit speaks in different ways. Let me explain it like this. We've all seen revivals come and go in our lifetime. And we read about the revival of the church and the, histori the history of the church. And if revival was just given, if we could just snap our fingers and have revival and have church growth and have a move of God, we'd all do it. But it doesn't come that way. God breathes on a land and there's revival and there's souls that are saved and there's people that are healed. And then sometimes we hit a drought season. It's like, where are the revivals? Where are the moves of God? Is it because people, God's people are all complacent and all just dried up and, and we don't pray and we don't make sacrifices? No, we can do all of that. But God is the one who determines the times and the seasons. God is the one who determines when he breathes upon a land. God is the one who determines when he's gonna usher in another move of God. It's our job to keep being faithful. So this is why I'm saying you aren't guaranteed that the same conviction will be here next week as it is today. You can't be guaranteed that the same opportunity, the same avenue to step into a new anointing is available for you today as it, or next week as it is today. Is that all I stand to lose, Pastor? No, that's not all you stand to lose. Because if we, the church, listen to me carefully, if we, the church, are not willing to step into a greater anointing. The direction that our country is going today will only get worse. The direction that we're headed right now is partly responsible because of a church that have given up our responsibilities and given up our roles and given, we've stayed quietly in our church houses while schoolhouses, courthouses, white houses have continued to be given over to the enemy. There's a satanic influence on every part of our country and even in many of our church houses. But we just kind of sat back and, hey, you know, we're okay. As long as we're okay here, as long as we preach the right message here, we're okay. But you know what? God's calling us to not just be a light here inside the four walls of Freedom Church, but a light out there in the world. 
And He's calling us. He's calling us to have an impact everywhere. And if we don't respond, we stand to lose a generation. We stand to lose a nation. We stand to lose sons and daughters. We stand to lose a freedom to worship. We stand to lose our ability to own and read the Word of God. We stand to lose everything. You say, you're being a little dramatic, Pastor. No, just open up your eyes and see the direction of the morality of our world. And if we as the church don't rise up and allow our, our, our light to shine brighter, it's only gonna get worse. You say, but yeah, but they may cancel us. It's a risk you gotta take. They may shut us down, but it's a risk you've gotta take. I may get canceled, but it's a risk you've gotta take. But I may get kicked off the school board. It's a risk you gotta take. People may kick my son and daughter out of the school. It's a risk you gotta take. I believe he's calling us, he's calling us, he's calling us. And for every one of us, it's different. I'm not asking you to start marching in and bombard school board meetings. However, some of them might need it. I'm not asking, I'm just asking you to let your light shine. Let your light shine. Get out of the boat. Walk on some water. Do something you've never done before the best is yet to come. Hudson Taylor, founder of the Chinese Inland Mission, he said, unless there's an element of risk in our exploits for God, there's no need for faith. See, some of us, we want to call our following Christ a life of faith. But if there's no risk, where's the faith? Well, my, my, my faith, you know, that's just entrusting in Jesus. Does that really take a lot of faith? We know what he did. History tells us that. Yes, yes, it takes a measure of faith. But to make a difference in this world, it takes a greater step of faith. To follow Jesus in his footsteps, you must be willing to go to the cross. You must be willing to go to the cross. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Not your degrees, not your cars, not your homes, not your fancy clothes. Take up your cross and follow me. That means you got to be willing to make the ultimate sacrifice.